Are you curious how Julie's experienced tremendous success in the male-dominated construction industry? Well, don't miss her exclusive interview on three secrets to success in a man's world at julielottenliving.com slash secrets. That's julielottenliving.com slash secrets. You can find the link in this episode's show notes to access the video now. Welcome to Julie Lawton Living, featuring engaging conversations on creating the life, business, and luxury home of your dreams. With over 30 years of experience in the design-build industry, Julie has completed over 1,000 remodels and custom homes in Southern California and provides architecture, design, engineering, and general contracting as a unique one-stop shop for her clients. Let's join the conversation now. Julie, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome and glad to be here, David. Hey, today we're talking about on our very first podcast episode, how you got started in the industry. So take me back to your childhood. Where did you grow up? What was life like? And did you envision yourself leading a multi-million dollar design build uh, business? Did you ever envision yourself leading something like this? Well. I grew up in a small town in Iowa and I am an artist. And when I was young, I was, you know, eight or nine years old. I was drawing cats and dogs and horses. I love horses. And then that turned into cars and engines and then it turned into buildings. So by the time I was 14, I was a master draftsman. I actually drew my whole high school three blocks long, every brick. And I thought, oh, I think I got something here. So at the same time I was doing that, I'd been a golfer. My grandpa ran the golf course. So I was a golfer starting and I was MVP of the golf team three out of four years in high school and had two scholarship offerings to college for golf, which I did not take. I was tennis champion, skeet shooting champion, archery champion, all before the age of 18. But the other thing I did is I was the youngest certified lifeguard in Iowa at 14. So I began lifeguarding as my first job was um, at 15. And I did that all through high school. Every summer, and I taught little kids, eight, nine, 10 years old, and I taught adults how to swim. So I already knew that I had a leadership ability in me, but I was shy because I'm an art- artist. I, I couldn't do public speaking. I was, I would freeze. So, but I'm an artist. And, um, but along with all those skills, I played the drums, the piano, and the bass violin. And I actually carried that thing to high school, grade school. <laughs> I remember six blocks away every day. That was funny but this big, big bass fiddle. But um, I play the drums to this day uh, by sound, but I did play the piano and read music and play in the concert band, the the jazz band, the marching band, and and then a rock band. That was kind of fun. But all this artistic talent, it's like, oh my God. But then I got that other side of the brain, which is the analytical, detailed, you know, mechanical engineering side. So when I went to college, I, you know, first I thought, let's just be an artist because I can really paint and draw. And, and I thought, nah. And then I thought, let's do architecture. So I started in architecture and um, and then I got bored because I was thinking designing high-rise buildings, the structure didn't appeal to me. So then I switched to landscape architecture and that was fun. But I was like, I don't really want to memorize the names of all these rocks. So um and then I got finally ended up in um, the interior design classes, which were how humans function in the space they live and work, which is ergonomics. And this is interior design, not decorating. It's interior design of how humans function in their shelter or their space. 
So if you take the architecture and the interior design, I'm more interested in how to build the building that functions for the client. You know, I'm not interested in building a monument or, a com- you know, I do commercial design and still a little bit, but in the residential, that whole combination in college is what how it got me there. And then, of course, I got busy with my business and I didn't know I was a natural born leader. <laughs> Let me jump in here. Take a breath here for a second, Julie. Hold on a second. This is amazing. Okay, so you've got all these skills that are artistic and also athletic skills, experiences in high school. You went to college. Where did you go to college? Iowa State University, which is and the you, Cyclones, not the Hawkeyes. And you graduated with a degree in? Uh, it's a it's a Bachelor of Design with an architectural landscape architecture and interior design all of it is in there so um i did uh six and a half years at college wow okay so after you graduated did you start working for someone else or did you start your business right away no no no. i my the first thing you do is you get your four years of professional experience so i moved to new york city and my summer internship thanks to my counselor was a job at an architectural firm um sheridan harinsky and that was fun and no it's andrew blackman on 36th Street. And so I worked for an architect the first summer. Then I went back and worked for Sheridan Harinsky. And that's when I did all these 100,000 square foot corporate office spaces for Bank of America on Park Avenue. And then then I got a job with this designer woman who did all the model apartments at every high rise in New York City. And I worked for Milstein, Lefrak, Zeckendorf, um, 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 Silverman, and uh, a couple other guys who are now long dead. But um, it was the five top developers in Manhattan, and I did every model apartment, but she wasn't really a designer. So I was presenting personally to the developers in their offices with my boards and my design. And then I was running the crew of people that were installing the uh, units. So I was doing all this at 22, three, four, five years old in New York City. And um, and I was being, I was successful. And and my talent is what got me in the door and they, people loved it because of my high energy, but yeah, it was um, my experience in New York city. And then, and then I tried to, then I moved to California and I thought I'll just keep working for people, but it didn't happen because I'd had too much experience and, and I was overqualified. So I didn't fit in that same slot anymore. And I had to grow up and and realize, Oh my God, I need to start my own business because I can't get a job, you know, mm. you know, cause I was no, I didn't fit in that slot anymore of work of employment. I was too, I was overqualified. They kept telling me you're overqualified. And I didn't mm. know what that meant because <laughs> you, you, I was kind of kicked out of the nest. So then I got a job in sales, which I'd never done before. And then I realized I was a natural born salesman basically, cause I sold a million dollars, a custom wood made cabinets with a German cabinet maker that didn't speak English to a bunch of people in Beverly Hills. So I got recognized by all these people. And then that's what got me to Newport Beach because I designed a showroom at the corner of Bristol and Jamboree called Greenbrier Kitchens. And uh, and then that's what got me to Laguna. So here's this girl that can do architecture design and draw your kitchen. And, you know, she doesn't sell cabinets. She's a designer. Like she really knows what she's doing. Like she does the whole thing. So I started doing all these ladies' houses and they were on these budgets by their husbands and they were hiring all these contractors and handymen. And it was a freaking nightmare. So I got, they would fire their contractor and have me finish owner builder. So I got experience in Laguna Beach um, by helping homeowners survive their remodels. And then I became a licensed contractor and set the rules and changed my life and my client's life. So 
that's what happened. It wasn't, it evolved, you know, it was a process, but I am a natural born leader, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest of two. My mom's the oldest of 12, but, um, I think it's in our DNA to be this way. (laughs) Back to the the original question. Could you have imagined when you were a kid leading a multi-million dollar design build company? Did you think, yeah, no, I, I saw myself there. Or were you envisioning and dreaming of something different? Well, I never got that far. I just thought maybe I'll be an architect and which meant I'd probably work in a big company and have my own office. So that I think I always knew that would be a big, bigger business, but um, Mm -hmm. I never really penciled in the contractor part of it until it happened naturally. And that's really what I was meant to do, just so you know. And every job I've ever had, I was in that position, you know, since I was 21, you know, standing in the dirt. So I haven't changed what I'm doing, just so you know, in 21, you know, in 35 years, I've been doing the same thing for 20, since I was 21. So the, but getting the contractor's license is what changed the game and changed my life for the better. So mm. that's kind of cool, but I never, you know, it's funny because I, I was always kind of an in charge person and not that I'm bossy, but I definitely am a, I was always the one to say, well, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to do it right. And we're going to obey the rules, you know? So I kind of was always that kind of kid. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So through the arc of your journey of, of, of your career, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced over the years? Well, you know, you got to, when you start your own business, you're broke, you know, and you don't know where to, what to do or how to do it. And there's nobody to help you because you can't, can't afford to pay anybody. So in the beginning, it's tough because you're on your own when you start your business. And I had to kind of guess, how am I going to do this? But I took a lot of advice and and through trial and error, like, thank God I, I advertise in the newspaper regularly. That same ad I ran 35 years ago, almost 30 years ago, is still what gives me my business today because I, I made sure that my name is branded. So, and I did that by myself with just common sense and like advice from my mother, you know, just people that I can trust in business. And, um, you know, my mom's got a master's degree. She's, you know, they're, I grew up with people that are in business. So um, that helped. But the point is, it's, it's hard because you wonder some days, am I going to make it in the beginning? Because, you know, it's hard and you, and no one's there to really help you because when you're in business, you're competing against everybody. So you're, you're and then I'm a triple threat. So then, you know, it's weird because um, the minute I became a contractor, it changed because then she's a real threat. So uh, it's tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I got jealousy on top of it and uh, it sucks. But yeah. <laughs> so I hear when you're first starting out, it's challenging. You don't have money. You don't have necessarily the resources. And so you had to be scrappy. What are some, what's some advice that you would give to someone who is just starting out that doesn't have those resources? You put an ad in the paper that was helpful for you to get the word out. You branded your name. How, how do you, how, how how did you navigate things even um, emotionally? You know what I mean? Like the, the stress of it all, the, the pressure of, of, uh, of making things happen. Well, you have to, you know, you don't want to second guess yourself, but I always, like my grandma always told me, make a list of goals. And if you have to, if it gets tough, make that list for minute by minute or day by day. And, but, but, but sure have your goals for the year and five years. So I was, my mom and my grandma were always good about goal setting. 
But then like my mom, I would talk to her about business scenarios back and forth, back and forth because she's a businesswoman and also broke the glass ceiling in her at her age group years ago. So the point is you have someone to talk to. So if you don't have someone in your family, find a mentor, because I guess I could say my mom was my mentor because you have these business situations that come up and you got to make a decision. And some mm-hmm. of the decisions cost you money. Some don't. Some of them might cost you your reputation. So you've got to have a mentor, someone to bounce ideas off of. So I guess that would be my best advice. Find a good mentor. And um, and then, you know, don't kill yourself with alcohol and food or whatever you do to medi- medicate yourself because it's hard. You don't want to be numb, but you want to, you know, be, take care of yourself because, it's tough out there and don't fall for the fact that, you know, uh, you can solve a problem by just uh, not being present. You, you got to be present and it's tough some days. So don't hurt yourself. You don't, don't personally hurt yourself. It's tough enough. You know, that's my mm-hmm. point. Stay healthy, uh, drink water. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'd love to broach the subject of uh, women in construction. And we're going to talk about that in subsequent episodes, but it is very unique for you to be a woman overseeing all of all of this entity in terms of architecture, design, construction. Um, it's it's not the norm in our culture. How has that um, been a challenge for you, and how has it also benefited you? Well, it benefits me and my clients because you don't have to wait for someone. We don't have to worry about the dysfunctional team member who doesn't want to get the plans done, who doesn't want to do the work, who's stolen the money because he took a deposit he shouldn't have taken, and he doesn't perform the work because you can't chase after it after it's gone. So it eliminates all that as a one-stop shop. So my life is not stressful because uh, I can control the outcome, but it's still um, stressful you know, when you have to deal with other people, but I eliminated the stress by becoming the one-stop shop. So that is the secret for me. But the other part of the question, you know, is, being a woman, uh, yeah. how has, how has your, uh, the fact that you are a woman been a challenge over the course of your career and how has it been a benefit in some way? Well, when you're a woman, of course, the men in the construction don't think you know what you're talking about because how could she possibly have any experience? So in the beginning, I was constantly challenged and it wasn't made fun of. But what men do is they challenge you and they ask you questions mm-hmm. because men are more fair than women, just so you know, because if you, they realize that you know what you're talking about, they fall in line because construction, once you're on the construction site or the slab, it's all business. So if you know what you're talking about, you get the respect. That's it. Doesn't matter if you're a woman. But the challenge is, it's like uh, every time I go to the city in the beginning, I put the plans on the counter, and the the engineer comes up and looks at me. Are you the homeowner? I'm like, no, I'm the architect, the designer, <laughs> and the contractor. Okay, let's go. So um, I mean, I got so sick of that in the beginning because I was like, really, just because I have a figure. So um, I started wearing a uniform, which is a polo shirt with my name uh, two foot high on the back, Julie Lawton Design. And now it has the construction. But I just started wearing a uniform because I got tired of the assumption that just because I look a certain way, I am some housewife or someone that stays home all day and a helpless female. And that drives me bananas because there are people that think that way to this day. And it, it's tough. But, um, you know. The message out there is uh, know your stuff and you don't have to take crap from anyone. But um, 
Yeah, that's supposed to challenge in the beginning. The pretty girl coming to the counter. Oh, my God. I didn't even do my hair and nails back then. Um, <laughs> and I just still got shit. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what would you say has been the benefit of being a female in what has typically been kind of more of a male-dominated industry? Well, men listen to women because they're all, you know, if a man respects his mom and he respects women, oh, my God, you get so much more respect because men are territorially and kind of weird with each other about that. It's like a freaking prison yard on the slab yard sometimes. But uh, but when women show up, their attention shifts because, you know, especially the way you look. So it's hard for them to focus maybe on what you're saying. But I come to the job dressed you know, pretty masculine and, and, and a power outfit, meaning boots and jeans and a jacket, usually nothing that suggests femininity. And, um, but the point is it's, you get the respect from how you conduct yourself. So it's, it's, it's not been challenging. Um, as I've gotten into it, it's been easier, but men listen different to women um, because of how they grew up with the woman, you know, it's weird because men talk to each other different than they talk to women, just like women talk to each other different than they talk to men. Cause women talk nonstop over each other and men talk and pause and they constantly give each other shit and talk about what's happening and who did this and who did that. It's a little different, but there's a whole language. It, it's, it's a different language, men and women, how they talk and relate is totally different. So when I'm on the job site talking to men, it's like that movie with Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino when he's in the barbershop trying to teach the kid how to be a man and be on a construction site. That's what it's really like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how they talk, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I get right in there because I have a da- I had a dad and then I grew up with a lot of men and around. And, um, you know, so it's easy. I learned to communicate the same language, but um they listen different when it's a woman standing there because there's almost a fear. It's weird. Yeah. Mm. So it's fun. I thought it was just me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if someone is thinking about getting into the construction business, whether it's retail or not retail, uh, commercial or residential, um, what are some of the skills or qualities that you would say that they need to work on in preparation? But to getting into business, yeah. Well, know. specifically into uh, commercial or residential construction, design, oh, architecture, yeah. so forth. Okay. Well, gosh, commercial, you got to know your stuff and you got to have training. So commercial architecture and design, you know, you have to be um, work with a company usually and get, and you're working with a larger team, you know, and to learn that trade, if you ever want to go on your own, you always have to have your experience under your belt. The seven years would be great. But just like a lawyer or a doctor, you know, four to seven years before you can actually go on your own, you need the experience. So you have to have the architecture and design background to fit that. And then commercial contracting, you know, is experience in that arena. And again, you would work for a company that specializes in that. But if you're a woman or a man looking for a job to learn that, you know, get a job in project management or construction management. And you could take classes in construction management. So I always push construction management, you know, for um, a career choice. But the new thing would be is if you could get a degree in architecture and design or one or the other, so you could read plans out the gate and then get a job in construction management, they could be like me. So, um, but no one seems to want to do all three. So, um, 
but it really boils down to project management. But to do project management, you have to management. You have to know how the city works, how the plans are drawn, and why they're drawn that way, and how, what engineers you need, and how to build it. So you got to have all that knowledge to be able to do the job. So anyway, yeah. Awesome. All right. So if you could give yourself advice when you first started out in the industry, when you were 20, 21, 22, what advice would you give to young Julie Lawton if you could? Well, I would just say, you know, um, believe in yourself. Don't listen to the voice in your head. Don't be nervous. You know, just believe in yourself. You got this, you know, basically. So I didn't, you know, so don't second guess yourself. I love it. All right. So quite a journey. What would you say is in front of Julie Lawton now? You've got over 30 years in the industry. You're now 35 years old. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking that every day. <laughs> what What is next for you? What are the hopes and dreams for Julie Lawton Design Build? Well, I want to leave a legacy and I want to sh- tell the world or at least the nation that what I did is possible because I just proved it. I did it. You can be the designer, the architect, the contractor, and all that as one person. You can oversee the project. And if you can't actually get all those degrees and all those licenses, just to be a project manager and know how that works and and be a, a construction manager that actually saves someone a hassle with their home remodel would be so great. Are there new construction? Because when you build a new home, there's seven to 10 people you have to hire. And it'd be neat if you had one person that managed it all for you, right? You know, because that one person is supposed to save you from disaster and help you talk to all these people because everybody speaks a different language. Architects and engineers, you know, you don't know what they're talking about half the time. So it's a whole thing about that. So, yeah. Julie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experiences today. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. This is fun. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today, and we encourage you to follow Julie Lawton Design Build on all social media platforms so that you can get a behind-the-scenes look at Julie's life and leadership as she designs and builds beautiful custom homes. All the links are in our show notes, available at julielawtonliving.com or by swiping up on your phone now. See you next time on Julie Lawton Living. Are you curious how Julie's experienced tremendous success in the male-dominated construction industry? Well, don't miss her exclusive interview on three secrets to success in a man's world at julielawtonliving.com slash secrets. That's julielawtonliving.com slash secrets. You can find the link in this episode's show notes to access the video now.